And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. Thank you, Harley. Thank you, Harley. Good morning, Hill Country. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. We are Bill and Allison, and we're happy to be with you on 8.09 on a beautiful, crisp Saturday morning. Very crisp. Yeah, it's really, really nice to uh, to have a, a scent of fall in the air. Mm-hmm. It sure is. We uh, like to begin our program with a uh, Bible verse, and this is from Second Chronicles. And I think it's very timely. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And boy, we need to do that. But notice there's a um, promise. We always focus on, or a lot of times focus on the promise uh, that he will, he will forgive our sins and heal our land, but there's a requirement for that. My people must humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, the Lord says. So that's what we have to remember. We've got a lot going on on this program. We've got two hours to get through uh, so much material, so many things going on in the world. Um, and you can talk about your uh, summer vacation. I can talk about our summer vacation <laughs> as well. We just got back from a, uh, a uh, trip that we enjoyed very much. We went to, uh, we drove through three different states, Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri, and uh, just had a, a marvelous time uh, doing some Necessary business out there. We've got some business interest out there, and uh, that's uh, where I grew up in Moline, Illinois. So I went to my high school reunion, which was a lot of fun, and uh, had an opportunity to see people I haven't seen in quite a few years. So that was a, a great time. And, uh, Allison, did you have a good time as well? I did. I did. I had a great time. So Even though it was Bill's high school reunion and his more or less family reunion. But still, I, I, I did have fun. Oh, good. Good. Um, yeah, the, uh, we had a, uh, I won't go through all the details, but uh, we did have lunch with the um, inventor of a tractor that runs on hydrogen or anhydrous ammonia. And uh, that was uh, very unique. And he's a former scientist. He spent uh, most of his career at the uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Palo Alto, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a fascinating man and has constructed a laboratory on his farm, on his family farm, that was his great-grandfather's family farm. And uh, it was absolutely uh, great. For me, it was a new Bluegill before, uh, before this restaurant, anyway. Well, I grew up playing with Bluegill, but, but we not never... Not eating them? <laughs> no, they but... They are we, tasty, we, man. We did not eat them. They are tasty. Mm-hmm. And uh, then... We went to uh, Skokie, Illinois, outside of Chicago, and saw my 93-year-old uncle. Well, well, this is is a great story about Bill's 93-year-old uncle. Um, He lives in this huge house, and uh, his daughter lives in an apartment in the house. And um, during the conversation, she said, and she's Bill's cousin, she said, um, she said, we're going to Tanzania, and uh, which... Is an odd place to vacation, but uh, Paula, for years, um, lived and worked in Tanzania. So we assumed, oh, okay, you're going to go on vacation in Tanzania. No. 
they're moving to Tanzania. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we were like, you, what? You're moving to Tanzania? Yeah. Well, uh, Paul wants to go there, but he, he my Uncle Bob, 93-year-old Uncle Bob, wants to go there. Um, he wants to be closer to his <laughs> son, his one of his two sons, who lives in Nairobi. Kenya. Nairobi. In Kenya, which is probably not where I would be my first choice to live. It's, the State Department says it's one of the most, danger, one of the most dangerous uh, cities and countries in, in the world. But um, uh, he's an architect there, has been there for many, many years. And uh, so my uncle wants to wants to move there, and so she's all for it. And uh, <laughs> But when... My Uncle Bob, who's pretty, you know, he's very lucid and, and uh, you know, he's with it. and uh, he, He's hard of hearing, but other than that, he's, other than he's, that, he's in, yeah. in good shape. And when he says, uh, he tells people, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, next year uh, Paul and I are going to move to Tanzania, they think he's just out of his mind. <laughs> I mean, who well, does well, that, well, right? they, they just assume, oh, poor, poor Bob. Poor, they, they think he's senile. They think he's moving to, to Africa. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, let's see, oh, we did a lot of other things I'm not going to bore you with, but uh, we went to Hannibal, Missouri, and we saw the Mark Twain sites, mm-hmm. his boyhood home. We were all alone. There was nobody else there in his boyhood home, mm-hmm. and uh, we did a lot of reading up on Mark Twain and read life in the Mississippi, on the Mississippi and all that, and uh, just had a had a wonderful time, except our plane Thursday was uh, <laughs> delayed, and we missed our connection, but uh, American Airlines nicely put us up for the uh, for the night. Uh, it is 8.15 on a Saturday morning with Bill and Allison, and I want to point out the uh, Old Farmer's Almanac, Allison, mm-hmm. has been right about 80% of the time in their weather forecasting, and in their weather forecasting, they've been doing it, I don't know, since 1792, I know the magazine has been out since, uh, published continuously since 1792, but uh, over the decades, they've been 80% right in their forecast and what's so amazing about that unlike the national weather service that might forecast you know it's going to rain this afternoon <laughs> and, they're, and, and they're wrong and they're half half the time or more they're wrong the old farmer's almanac does their weather predictions over a year in advance because they have to do it in advance of publication so what are they saying for us for the month of october our temperatures will be two degrees above average uh, so average temp will be 69. I've never said average temperature. I mean, it's night and day, so that doesn't <laughs> tell you no, anything. I know. But uh, I should tell you the average temperature at night and then day, but day, but whatever. Uh, two inches above average. The precipitation, they say, total will be about three inches, which is one inch below average, which we don't need that. And uh, they predict uh, October 1, which is today, through the 4th. It'll be in our area. Uh, regional area it'll be uh, sunny and cool and uh with thunder well it'll be cool but not as cool as it would normally be and thunderstorms they predict between the first and the fourth of october and today's the first we will see how accurate they are 817 hill country patriot time bill and allison with you 104.3 in kerrville on the hill country patriot and 102.1 in fredericksburg well, this is a precipitous date because in 1922, WOAI in San Antonio was the first radio station in South Texas, and it began broadcasting. So that's pretty cool. Um, it joined NBC and became a clear channel operating with 50,000 watts. They started with 500 watts. 
and then 5,000 watts in 1925. That was pretty powerful at the time. And uh, in Fort Worth, in this week, in 1948, WBAP in Fort Worth, television became the first television station in Texas, and indeed the whole South. So that's pretty cool. So congratulations to those guys, our, our compatriots, our colleagues over there. That's pretty cool. Uh, what we've got going on uh, this weekend through tomorrow, October 2nd, is the annual James Avery Golf Invitational. It's a 54-hole, two-man golf tournament played over three days at three different courses in Kerrville, Comanche Trace, River Hill, and Scott Schreiner Municipal Golf Course. Uh, it brings together 145 teams to Kerrville. It's been a full tournament with a waiting list for 14 years. Wow. Yeah. But can you imagine waiting to play golf for 14 years? <laughs> no. Anyway, it'll be today and tomorrow. And if you want more information, that just go to jamesaveryinvitational.com. Oh, you've got those Beto, uh, Beto hotkeys, Allison? You find them on your board? Mm-hmm. They're up there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You got them? Should I go ahead and play one? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, why don't you, this, this is, um, um, Robert Francis O'Rourke, who masquerades as a Mexican. Uh, <laughs> Beto. Beto. I, Beto is the, I mean, that's. I, I know. Our but, friends in Mexico that are named B-E-T-O call themselves Beto. I know. Beto. But, but here in Texas, they say Beto. Well, he doesn't even know how to pronounce his own Mexican, <laughs> fake Mexican name. And and uh, he was, they had a debate last night. Yeah. He and uh, Governor Abbott had a debate last night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, this is what, this is what. Beto or Beto or Robert Francis O'Rourke has said in the past uh, about gun control and AR-15s in particular. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. And then he was, uh, that was when he was running for president. And uh, earlier in the in the campaign season, when he announced he was running for governor, he was asked, "Well, you said that you, you know, you said you're going to take your AK-47s, like what you just heard." And this is how he responded: "I'm not interested in taking anything from anyone. What I want to make sure that we do is defend the Second Amendment." Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in taking anything from anyone. What I want to make sure that we do is defend the Second Amendment. I'm not interested in taking anything from anyone. What I want to make sure that we do is defend the Second Amendment. Okay, he wants to defend the Second Amendment. I'd, I wish I could ask him, uh, uh, okay, uh, recite the Second Amendment for me. I doubt if he's read it. But uh, during last night's gubernatorial debate, Beto refused to say whether he plans on confiscating Texans' AR-15s. He refused to say. The moderator said, uh, what is your, just to be clear, Yes or no, are you for confiscating AR-15-style weapons? And Beto talked all around the block about it, but he never answered the question. So the moderator again asked him, please, yes or no, are you, for, you said you were for confiscating, and then you said you were not for confiscating them. What is your position now? And Beto's answer was, quote, I am for making sure that we make progress, unquote. <laughs> what a sleazeball. I mean, what a sleazeball he is. Golly, golly, golly. Elson, what you got? Well, <clears throat> right now, this time of year, but monarch butterflies are wafting through our gardens. 
um, they're the probably most beautiful butterflies. They're orange and black. And uh, they are no bigger than a half dollar and they weigh less than a dollar bill. But they're hardly as fragile as falling leaves. Their wings flap up to 720 times per minute. And who timed that? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. But they're not sailing aimlessly over our gardens. But they are instead following an ancient migratory route from North American breeding grounds to winter homes in Mexico's mountainous pine forests of Mihuacan. Didn't they fairly recently discover that? I think it was about 20 years ago or so that they, they actually found that. They didn't know where they went. Oh. That's just a little factoid in the back of my mind. Okay, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. All right. But they, they travel about 2,000 miles from their breeding grounds in Canada and the northeastern United States, the Great Plains, and the Midwest. An inherited genetic code directs them to the winter home of their ancestors. Despite never having traveled to Mexico's winter residence before, they still find the precise location. Yeah. None will get lost along the way. And some that, people say there is no God. <laughs> Seriously. That they'll even relocate the correct bearings if strong winds clear them off course. Hmm. They navigate by the sun, but if cloudy days obscure or, or the sun. by the son of God. <laughs> but if cloudy days obscure the sun, brain molecules acting like a magnetic compass keep them on course. What? Quite a feat. What? Seriously? Brain keeps them on course? Quite, quite a feat for an insect, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, they're insects. They, they, are, yeah. they start out as, as little caterpillars. Mm, tasty, too. <laughs> um, their population has declined 80 to 90% over the past 20 years because oh. of loss of habitat from s- sprawling suburbs, herbicides, insecticides, industrial architectural logging, at their wintering grounds at Mihuacan. Um, but you can help monarch butterflies by planting native milkweed, no, native mil- milkweed, not something you know mm. new, but something native. No, uh, no GMO milkweed. Like butterfly weed, uh, and that will nurture them. Uh, and then you can get more, more inf- information at journeynorth.org slash monarchs. Kidding. Okay. At least 90% of breeding mon- monarchs will migrate through Texas. Most fly along the Texas Funnel, a broad monarch highway stretching diagonally from areas near Denton to Austin and down to, to Laredo. And I, I learned about this personally myself. I was driving um, on I-10 out of Kerrville. I was about 10 minutes out of Kerrville. And all of a sudden my windshield, so this was, I guess it was in, in October a few years ago. And all of a sudden, my windshield was covered with something, and I had no idea what it was. And I had to pull off and go to a gas station and clean off my windshield because I couldn't see anymore. And um, very quite fortunately, uh, the person next to me doing the exact same thing was Ridge Floyd, oh. who, who a lot of maybe our listeners beyond Kerrville might not be familiar with Ridge, but uh, Ridge Floyd uh, lived in Kerrville for, for many years. It was a musician who very sadly died last year, last November. Um, and and so I, I said to him, what on earth is this? And he said, it's the monarch butterfly migration. 
Um, but there. So how many monarchs did you kill, Allison? You're a I, uh, my 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 windshield was absolutely. No wonder that populations are down ninety percent. I know. People like I you. Know. I know. Murder but, monarch butterfly. <laughs> but 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 they are now um, going through Texas. Um, at these butterflies that were bred in eastern North America, uh, their path follows, um, as I said, a, a broad swath. A uh, few will stop and winter here, with our very small uh, resident population. Um, we call autumn's migratory monarchs the Methuselah generation, meaning the ones that were the last broods of the breeding season. Hmm. Unlike other spring and summer monarch broods that live three to six weeks, the last broods of the season will live to make the two-month trip to Mexico. All right. Those are the Texas monarchs. <laughs> the best. <laughs> no, actually, they, they just fly through. Um huh. Upon finally enter, entering at their winter home in Mihuacan, Mexico, the monarchs will enter a non-breeding stage. They'll begin the journey back to North American breeding grounds in February, but none will live long enough to get there. Because of people like you. <laughs> Instead, spring's northbound monarchs will breed, lay eggs along the route, and die. Oh. Their, their progeny will continue the journey along a route they have never traveled to breeding grounds they've never known. Wow. That's and, quite a story. And they'll make it just fine. That's quite a and story. And they do it every single year. Monarch butterflies. Wow, that's quite a story. Well, it's 827 Hill Country Patriot Time. You're with Bill and Allison, and we hope you'll stay with us after this break. We've got... Uh, uh, Stacey Abrams, who thinks she's the governor of Georgia... Uh, said something really stupid this past week. I mean, really stupid. And we're going to take her to task for that, and maybe you'll actually learn a few new things. I think we've got some uh, news stories that uh, you haven't heard before, so stay with us. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, 104.3 and 102.1. We're glad you're with us. We certainly are. We appreciate you being with us. It is 831 is our Hill Country Patriot time. And I was just uh, playing around looking for the uh, date of the World Series because uh, baseball season ends the 5th of October. Hmm. So it's... Uh, I, but I don't see where the World Series is going to start. Um, maybe, they, maybe. <laughs> don't, don't surely they know. Me. Surely they have. Uh, they have a date for it, but uh, I don't. I don't see it. I've got something very interesting to talk about uh, coming up a little bit later in the program uh, regarding baseball. I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about baseball. I'm going to tell you about the most unusual baseball player that's uh, that's ever been. Uh, actually, two of the most unusual baseball players that have ever been. And uh, maybe we'll get some more baseball in because uh, we're wrapping up the season. Well, baseball is one of my favorite sports. It is, uh, someone once called it a game within a game within a game. And uh, I think there's a lot to it. You know, if you if you just watch baseball on TV, I can see why people some people think it's boring. Uh, there's nothing like going to a baseball game live uh, because there's so much going on that is not, never broadcast on TV. Uh, you see all sorts of things. Uh, signals going back and forth. And like hot dogs, hot dogs and beer. 
I'm glad you're <laughs> such an aficionado of, uh, of the uh, great sport of baseball. Uh, but that's, uh, no, that's something that uh, a lot of people don't realize, that baseball is a uh, very complicated game, probably the most complicated uh, major sport, uh, you know, arguably. I believe it is. Uh, Stacy Abrams, I promised to mention that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Stacy Abrams, who thinks she's the governor of, of uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she, she refuses to... Uh, she never conceded. Yeah, she never conceded. She, yeah, she still claims that she's the governor of Georgia. Yeah, in her mind. Um, well, she said uh, this week that uh, there's no fetal, her word, baby. Well, well she, she said heartbeats of um, f- fetuses. Babies. Unborn babies are a complete scam. Concocted oh, these, trick women. These evil fetuses are scamming us. <laughs> yeah, the, the, she, she says they're a complete scam concocted to trick women into thinking babies are alive. Yeah, she said it's a right-wing lie. Mm-hmm. She also said that. Uh, so so our friends at the Babylon... Well, I'm not ready for that story oh, yet. Okay. Uh, okay. The fact is, and I did some research on this, before eight weeks of pres- pregnancy... Uh, Actually, before eight weeks of pregnancy, the heart of a baby starts to beat from around five to six weeks of pregnancy. Uh, it's now, is it a fully formed heart? No, it's not a fully formed heart. Her argument was, well, it's not full. It's not a fully formed heart. It's not a fully formed baby. So uh, it's a, just a thing. Yeah, just a thing. Um, in fact, Whoopi Goldberg uh, the other day called an unborn baby a uh, what was the word she used? A tumor, or a, um, you know, it's, I mean, really disgusting, absolutely disgusting. I put it, I guess, I mentally just blocked it from my mind, but it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, and the heart of the baby is fully developed by the tenth week. Well, Stacey Abrams saying, "Well, it's not fully developed, so it's not not really a baby. It's not really a human being." All right, let me. Uh, I, I was thinking about this. Okay, if a baby is born and has, say, a couple of toes that are not fully developed. Is it is it still a baby, Stacy? Is it not a baby? I have a couple of toes that are not fully developed. <laughs> okay, I, I don't really know what do. to say to I, that. I really do. <laughs> okay, uh, but no, I did some research on that. Uh, it's no, it's not a fully functioning heart as we know it, but it is a beating heart uh, by by even the fifth week of pregnancy. Uh, so you you know you're killing a child, but she doesn't care. She doesn't care. Allison, now, you have a little more on that story. I do, yeah. Our, our friends at the Babylon Bee um, delved deep, and they, they uncovered even more heinous plots by the world's menfolk aimed at deceiving women that babies are actually human. Whoa. Baby pictures. An obvious ploy to maintain the nefarious lie that all living humans started off as babies. What a crock. <laughs> Morning sickness. Another brilliant construct of the patriarchy, whereby men secretly add small amounts of poison to a woman's daily coffee for about three months and then stop. <laughs> Ultrasound videos. All of, the, all of those videos showing babies responding to their mother's voice are clearly deep fakes. Weight gain during pregnancy. In fact, a cabal of men secretly put extra calories in a woman's food for nine months so they get fat 
and then think there's a life growing in them. <laughs> genetic testing. Actually, the entire field of genetics is a complete fraud developed to subjugate women by making them think babies have their own unique DNA. Feeling the baby move. Nothing more than the Taco Bell you ate for lunch. <laughs> Steer clear of the chalupas. Crying sound when baby is born. Ha. Huh. That's just the nurse weeping because of how ugly that little blob of cells is. <laughs> Deep, profound sense of love moms feel toward their babies. <laughs> Nothing but a CIA mind control. <laughs> right, Stacy? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. That shows you how ridiculous she is. And uh, a lot of people are you know, on that side. They have... Uh, They've completely lost their sense of humanity. We we played audios on the show before. I don't know if we still have them, but uh, uh, where uh, people are saying, uh, there's one woman saying, uh, uh, "I want to kill that baby. Uh, if I had a baby, I'd I'd deliberately kill it." No, she said she would. No, she said she would deliberately deliberately get pregnant so she could kill it. Yeah, I mean, how evil, evil, evil is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, how do you live with yourself? I mean, I guess. Well, the Bible says if you uh, it, that the conscience is like a hot iron, uh, being seared with a hot iron, and it can't ta- uh, can't uh, um, discern good and evil anymore. Just like a tongue being seared with hot food eventually loses uh, much of its sense of taste. Uh, and there are people that seem to have lost their conscience, uh, lost or whatever semblance of conscience they may have had, and they can openly talk about killing babies. Uh, we have one here, Allison. Uh, this is a, uh, got a, a baby neck. You know, uh, the... This is uh, a woman who went to Planned Parenthood uh, and to, to have an abortion. And when she heard how evil the people of Planned Parenthood are, uh, she changed her mind, thank, thank the Lord, and uh, had her baby. Uh, but this is, this is her report of it. And she told me, we don't tell women this. If we was to proceed with the abortion and the baby was to come out still um, alive and active, most likely we will break the baby's neck. Then we will break the baby's neck. Then we will break the baby's neck. Yeah, Planned Parenthood employees admitting that if the baby was, uh, they tried the abortion, if the baby was still born alive, they would break the baby's neck. That's Planned Parenthood for you. Yet they get your federal tax dollars. Well, and, to, and to, the places to, like the Pregnancy Resource Centers do not. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about how crazy Planned Parenthood is. Last week, I just read this story last night, but I think it was just last week at a congressional hearing, a quote-unquote doctor working for Planned Parenthood said that men can get pregnant. Ser- seriously, seriously. And the, the congressman who was, who was uh, questioning him Finally said, "This is enough. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're out of I'm here. Gonna, I'm not going. We're, we're out of here." And he said, "And and the uh, subject was, I believe it was about abortion on the, of the, the hearing." And he said, "Why on earth is this doctor here?" Quote, I say, "Quote unquote, doctor." Yeah, I don't I blame mean, the congressman. A, why? Why? Why waste? Why fraud. waste your time talking to an insane person? Yeah, exactly. Who says exactly. that men can get pregnant? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's hard to believe that uh, that's the state of the world. We live in today, you know, we live in a time when your kid can't pretend to be an Indian, but a grown man can pretend to be a woman, you know, 
uh, pretend to get pregnant. Well, really, really. Uh, you know, when intelligent people are being silenced, so stupid people won't be offended. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the times we live in. I'll tell you. 841 Hill Country Patriot Time. You're with Bill and Allison. And we are looking at some stuff coming up in the, in the news. We've got, um, oh, when we come back from our break, is it is it time, did you say? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. yeah we're uh, going to break. I'm going to be talking about the most unusual baseball players ever. And this is weird, a it's, weird story. It's very timely. Since it is. Baseball season. Baseball season is coming to an end. So we, we will be right back. We're Bill and Allison. George Bennett. Uh, is uh, this is George Bennett singing his original composition Texas on my mind and I just don't don't know why was I really leaving or was I searching for that peace of mind when I found Texas on my mind Another day, another dollar Another footprint on my soul If I find another I will surely Was I really leaving or was I searching for that peace of mind? When I found I had Texas on my mind. 8.47 Hill Country Patriot time. You know, there was a... uh, Harley was doing, uh, during the break, talking about CO2, carbon dioxide, and... Uh, how, how it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, plants, as he said, if you heard the, uh, his statement, that's what, that's what all plants depend on. They breathe in... I mean, this is something you learned in elementary school. Uh, they breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen... And if we didn't have CO2, they all plant life on Earth would die, and the, so would we. So carbon dioxide is very important. Uh, when we were in but, Iowa... But... What? I was going to say but. But what? Over the pipeline. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. I know. I know. Well, you want to talk about it? Go ahead. No, I don't. Okay, get in front it's, of your mic, too. It's, it's your job. <laughs> uh, when we were in Iowa this past week... Uh, we are talking to uh, some farmers and a farm manager out there, and he mentioned the CO2 pipeline, and I said, uh, don't know anything about it. Well, they're proposing to build, they just announced it, uh, they're proposing to build uh, a pipeline, actually there are going to be several pipelines, but this one particular, uh, to go through 30 Iowa counties and another 15 or so in Illinois, um, and Iowa only has 99 counties, so there's a third of the counties is going to be ripped up to put this pipeline in. Uh, so it's probably in some of the neighborhood of 1,200 miles, something like that, uh, to put in this carbon di- dioxide pipeline. And what they're going to do is 
capture carbon dioxide from ethanol plants and pump it into this huge pipeline, and then they say they're going to store it underground because carbon dioxide is so evil and bad. Yeah, <clears throat> ethanol plants, we here in Texas probably don't have any ethanol plants. Or, I don't, or we, we don't, do. don't I have, have many, no but, but, but they're, they're very big in, in Iowa and Illinois. So that's their plan, and the farmers are all upset about it. They think it's an absolute crock, and uh, but that's... You know, this is more of the green green environmental movement. Now, I don't have any indication of this, but I, I would, if somebody wants to bet, I'll bet they're tax, taxpayer subsidized uh, to build this pipeline. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, they will, they will, for the way they do it, and I have personal, Alice and I have personal experience with this, uh, the pipeline company comes along and says, we want to put a pipeline through your property and we'll offer you this much money. And then you negotiate and say, no, I'm not going to do that. And if, uh, if you're not happy with their offer, um, they may, I say may, be able to exercise you, eminent, domain. eminent domain. Yeah. They might. We, you know, they have to get permission to have eminent domain. But a lot of pipelines uh, companies do. And that means they just take your land away from you and dig the, uh, dig the, dig the thing anyway. Or they just, that, I, actually... I shouldn't say they take your land away from you. They go ahead and do it anyway mm-hmm. without your permission. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the problem with the pipeline? People think, well, on a farm, you have productive soils, and they come in with huge machinery and rip a giant trench through your farm. Then they put the soil back. Well, and, you know, and and we saw one done on on our own yeah uh, farm on our, on our own farm. We we, number we, years we, ago. we watched it being done. And they rip up this trench right through your property. And then they put the soil back, but it's they've dug up a bunch of rocks and garbage, not literally garbage, but rocks and just all sorts of, you know, caliche and all sorts of stuff that you don't want uh, as your topsoil. So they destroy the topsoil. So that strip is never as productive uh, as it was before they did that. And that's one thing that farmers object to, but especially with a carbon dioxide pipeline, really? When carbon dioxide, as I said, is essential to life. But also, didn't we learn that, that it's um, dangerous, explosive? And that, that's one of the concerns about it, about Somebody the Somebody said that. I don't see how carbon dioxide is explosive, but I guess it can be under certain circumstances. But I don't know enough about that. <laughs> 8.51, Hill Country Patriot time. Oh, I uh, promised to tell you. Since baseball season is coming to an end on Wednesday, will be the last day, October 5th. About the most unusual baseball players, okay? One or two of them. One is Pete Gray. He lost his right arm in a car accident at age six, but he wanted to be a baseball player. In 1943, his first year, uh, he led the league, which is a, a Canadian league, with a 381 batting average. Now, if you know anything about baseball, that's tremendous. Oh, it is? That is tremendous. Oh, I thought it was uh, oh, a Allison, Ty Cobb's, I just think a little factoid in the back of my mind, Ty Cobb's lifetime batting average was 367. Oh. And Ty Cobb is considered by many to be the greatest baseball player who ever lived. I'm, I'm probably going to hear from Babe Ruth fans and <laughs> Hank Aaron fans, but um, I just said a lot of people say that. I'm being neutral. Uh, the next year he batted 333, stole 68. And this is a one-arm guy. 68 bases, stole 68 bases. Um, so he would, uh, 
The way he would do it, he would feel the ball with his gloved hand, tuck the glove under um, what he could tuck under with his right shoulder because his right arm is missing, grab the ball with his, so he would feel the ball with his gloved hand, take the glove off, grab the ball with his left hand to throw it in the infield all in one fluid motion. Oh. And it, incredible, incredible, most unusual baseball player. But there is another unusual baseball player, and uh, his name was Eddie Goodell. 1951, he played for the uh, St. Louis Browns, known as the Browns at the time. Uh, Eddie Goodell was a 3-foot-7-inch midget. And uh, Bill Veck, who owned the St. Louis Browns at the time, later the Chicago White Sox, um, he, brought, he brought Eddie Goodell 3-foot-7-inches high as a pinch hitter. And uh, unfortunately, he was only did it once uh, in a game against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, he had a strike zone of you know, somewhere around 19 inches. <laughs> and uh, he walked, of course, and uh, he was replaced by a pinch runner. So he was never seen on a major league diamond again because the, uh, the baseball commissioner's office immediately banned all midgets forever from the field of major league play. Probably get sued today by the <laughs> Midget Coalition. Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's <coughs> discrimination. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 854 is our Hill Country Patriot time. And what you got, Allison? Nothing? I got to take a drink of water, so you better do something. <laughs> <coughs> I caught a little cold on our trip. Uh-oh. Stay away from me. Mm. Um, okay. That's what she said. <laughs> Harley has this, this calendar that he always leaves for me, and I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Harley. Um, and this is the stupidest things, uh, stupidest things have been said. Why else would you buy books? Question mark. Books. Why else would you buy books? Boats. Books. An interviewer said, "What do you think of the rise of books in home decor?" Oh, books. Okay. Gwyneth Paltrow's book curator. <laughs> whose name is what <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is a book curator <laughs> about that Thatcher Wine is his name he said my invention for the book jacket means that someone can have the complete works of Jane Austen but in a certain Pantone chip color that matches the rest of the room <laughs> oh you're kidding that, that, that's how we buy our books isn't it oh you're kidding <laughs> for book what is it, archivist or book, book, book curator? Curator. Wow. <laughs> you know that is so outrageous. I, you know, I was, I would never be that shallow, shallow and <laughs> self-absorbed. In fact, I was mentioning that uh, the other day to the person who brushes my teeth. <laughs> oh, eight fifty-five, Hill Country Patriot time, and we got a lot of stuff. I don't know where to, where to go. You know, it's not enough for transgender activists to control how we speak with their pronoun prescriptions. Uh, now they want to control your bathroom habits as well. I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, this came to light after uh, uh, men attended a recent American Political Science Association conference. They were asked not to use the urinals in the men's room out of respect for others. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? They had a sign, and I have a copy of it. Somebody took a picture of it. It says, 
This is an all-gender restroom. The, this restroom contains stalls and urinals. Out of respect for all attendees, we ask that the urinals not be used. Why don't they just take them out? <laughs> well, no, they were having a meeting in a hotel. Oh. Uh, trans oh. men, okay, meaning women masquerading as men, may be triggered, offended, or disturbed because they can't perform the nature call in question standing up. Oh, my gosh. So we're, we don't want to trigger trans men. <laughs> Uh, women who masquerading as men. Uh, I mean, this is on the heels of schools installing tampon dispensers in boys' rooms uh, to comply with something called the Menstrual Dignity Act, some law, the Menstrual Dignity Act. You know, the problem is these fake men, these women who think they're becoming men, are forced to acknowledge biological reality <laughs> when they when they go into a washroom, an all-gender washroom, and see urinals and they they are triggered by this they freak out uh and they go you know they go to the stalls at that point um you know it's uh it's because reality is setting in well yeah they can't pee standing up yeah yeah it's reality and they they don't uh, they don't want to confront this so oh you shouldn't use a you, man you men you shouldn't use urinals because i'm triggered by that and i want to become a man but i can't use a urinal so uh i'm triggered by that you know, I think we should, instead of doing surgery and drugs on people who want to think they want to become the opposite sex, why don't we give them therapy instead of surgery? Exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. this, this is absolutely exactly. more, I guess you'd say more insanity uh, that we live in, you know, in the, uh, in the time that we live in, there's more insanity. You know, God... God made two genders, and Democrats made all the rest of them. You know. Oh, my gosh. We're going to be coming back with more stuff. Uh, we've got so much to talk about when we come back from the break. And uh, we're going to talk a little more about the preferred pronouns. You'll, somebody has been jailed. Jailed, put in jail. A teacher has been put in jail for not using the right pronouns with his students. Jail! Yeah. Went with, to jail! With children. Yeah. Because he wouldn't use it with with uh, with with uh, children, so we'll have more of that, and we have a lot more to talk about. We got a new movie coming out that you will really enjoy and uh, really learn a lot from. We're going to tell you about that uh, when Bill and Allison come back from our news break. Well, so we, stay with us, please. We will we will be right back. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison. Hill Country Patriot, 104.3 and 102.1. 906 is our Hill Country Patriot time on a Saturday morning. Glad to have you with us. Believe me. Now, you already talked about our vacation. Do you want to mm -hmm. tell people what we did last night? Last night we were at a uh, River Rats reunion, and River Rats are uh, fighter pilots, um, retired and uh, some active, um, and Air Force. I think they're all retired, aren't they? Uh, Air, Air Force, uh, and we uh, went to the reunion. Invited my friends, and uh, in, in San Antonio. Yeah, um, at a ranch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, happened. It didn't never been to one before, and it was a lot of fun meeting a lot of people. And uh, one man that we met and uh, we were very honored to meet was uh, Colonel Chuck uh, De Bellevue, uh, Charles De Bellevue, Chuck uh, for uh, short. He was the top fighter pilot ace in the Vietnam War. Uh, he had more kills than any other pilot. 
Yeah. Ex- explain what a kill is. You shoot down the enemy's plane. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, he shot down more than anybody else. And, uh, so it was a, a great honor to meet him and his wife, and uh, we had a, a marvelous time. So that's what you wanted me to say, Allison? That is. All right. Exactly. All right. Uh, some things going on that you need to know about. Billy Jean's Restaurant and Street Dreams in Fredericksburg. Billy Jean's is in Kerrville. Uh, are having their cars and coffee, cars and coffee today, uh, and uh, there'll be an, uh, antiques, sports cars, lifted trucks, slam trucks, slam trucks. Has that one been in an accident? I don't know what a slam truck. Is. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm folks. I'm just reading it. Jeeps and project cars. They want to see what you've got. So start your Saturday off right, hanging out with car people, and that's going on until eleven o'clock this morning. Uh, if you're in uh, Kerrville, go over to Billie Jean's Restaurant on Junction Highway. And if you're in uh, Fredericksburg, go to Street Dreams, which is on uh, 7914 South Highway 16. Uh, Kirk County is having a 4-H wild game dinner tonight at the Ag Barn, the Hill Country, or otherwise known as the Hill County Hill Pie and a Hoompa Changa. Happy State Bank Event Center. Uh, thank you. Hill Country Youth Event Center. Thank you. It'll start at 4.30, dinner will be at 6.30, and it'll be wild game, chicken or catfish, uh, and there'll be raffle and live music. So get over there tonight, 5.30, doors open, 6.30, at the Hill Country Youth Event Center for the Kerr County 4-H. Support them. Funds go to support the 4-H, which is an extremely important group, as we all know, because it produces farmers and ranchers. And uh, this country can't survive without farmers and ranchers. We need more young farmers. Uh, we don't have enough. Uh, the average age of farmers is getting older and older. And uh, we need more. And uh, So support them, please. So those are just some of the things going on in Hill Country this weekend. And we'll be telling you a lot more about some others as well. I mentioned before the break that a teacher who will not use the, quote, preferred pronouns of one child, one child who's unfortunately been propagandized into thinking that they are not the sex that they are born with, of, that they have at birth born to have the sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I sort of went down a rabbit, yeah. like a rabbit trailer. But anyway, he has been put in jail put in jail for not using the proper pronouns. What, where was this? Ireland. Oh, okay. His name is okay. Enoch Burke. He said, I am in jail today, he told a reporter. Or, no, I'm sorry, he told the court. I am here today in court because I would not call a boy a girl. It is not something I will do. It is in violation of my conscience. Uh, he said, if I would have to, if I go along with the orders of the court to call this boy a girl... He said, I would have to believe that sticking my, uh, by my belief in male and female is wrong. And uh, the judge put him in jail. And he ordered that he remain there until he apologizes and agrees to call a boy a girl. Wow. And what the teacher said, Enoch Burke, he said, I can't, I can't do that. I can't apologize and start calling a boy a girl because I would be holding my Christian beliefs in contempt. He said, 
he said, I will, I believe I will never leave prison because it would only be possible if I abandoned my Christian faith. He says, I can be a Christian in this prison or I can be a pagan acceptor of transgenderism outside the prison. I will never leave the prison. This is the teacher quoting. I will never leave the prison if in leaving that prison I must violate my conscience, my religious beliefs, and deny my God. So now, and this is coming to the United States. This is coming. This happened in Ireland, which is not a third world country, that you can be jailed, as this man was, for refusing to call a boy a girl. Yeah, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Disgusting. You know, well, yeah, anybody, my, my belief is anybody who uses terms like cisgender, uh, transphobia, gender fluid, triggered, uh, microaggression, you probably don't want to be friends with that person. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> you, have, you don't want to be friends with that person. 912 is our here called Hill Country Patriot Time. Joe Biden, remember that uh, speech he gave a couple, three weeks ago, where he was, he looked like he was standing in the gates of hell. Mm. It was all red behind him. The uh, Marines were standing there Mm -hmm. for a purely partisan speech, Mm -hmm. um, which you you just don't do that. And, uh, you know, he looked like Satan standing there screaming and shouting. Well, he launched a hate campaign against Trump voters. That was uh, a few weeks ago. Well, there's been a wave of political violence against Republicans since that speech. A lot of people don't know that because the news media suppresses it. And at least one has been killed. Uh, yeah. B- b- because he was a Republican. Exactly. Well, I've got that story now that you mention it. Okay. Uh, his name was Kaler Ellington. He was a 16-year-old boy and a man named Shannon Brandt ran him down with his Ford Explorer and killed him. And he admitted to it because he believed that the, the teenager was part of a Republican extremist group and he was pro-Trump. So he ran him down with his car and killed him. Killed him. Killed him. And there's been zero coverage on the major news media. ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC. How about taxpayer-funded PBS and NPR? Zero coverage of this. New York Times, nothing. Washington Post, no coverage of it. So that's one of them, just running the kid down because he was a Trump supporter. Um... The recent murder of Las Vegas uh, Review-Journal reporter Jeff German by a Democrat county official, Robert Tellis. Um, but they, the news media has reported on that, but they didn't tell you that the murderer was a Democrat and killing a Republican. Uh, you know, B- Biden ranted and demonized 65 million Americans who didn't vote for him who dared not vote for him. Uh, Biden screamed, quote, mega Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They don't believe in the rule of law. They don't believe in the rule of law. I said it twice. They do not recognize the will of the people. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards as he's shaking his fists. He shouted like an aging Adolf Hitler. He really did. (laughs) Quote, backwards to America was no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception. What? What? Yeah, that's crazy. No, that's, who, who is calling crazy. for the abolition of contraception? Crazy. What do you just make up word, make up things? Yeah, I mean, you can buy it across the counter. Yeah. Uh, oh, he went on and on. 
And then he told his Democrat brown shirts how to solve the Jewish problem. Oh, I'm sorry, not the Jewish problem, the MAGA problem. Gee, I got so confused because I'm watching it, think I'm watching Adolf Hitler. He says, we're not powerless in the face of these threats, blah, 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 blah. Not, he says, within our power, within our hands, the way he finished this speech, yours and mine to stop this assault on democracy by these MAGA Republicans. Well... As I mentioned, the results of that speech are in. Ask the parents of Kaylor Ellington, the teenager who was run down by a guy in his Ford Explorer and killed because the kid expressed views that uh, that he appreciated and liked President Trump. Uh, September 20, uh, and that happened on September 20 in North Dakota, by the way. September 21, the next day, New Mexico Republican gubernatorial candidate Mark Ronchetti had the windows of his home shot out. September 25th, three days later, two staffers for Governor Greg Abbott's re-election campaign were assaulted in Houston. September 26th, the next day, and a Michigan man shot an 84-year-old pro-life volunteer in the back. Oh. Yeah. So if you think it's bad now, wait till Trump runs for re-election. Yeah. And, and the corporate media, let's not forget the corporate media, they're, they're complicit in... And, and, and Trump, bring it up. Trump is accused of being violent and inciting violence. Yeah. No, nothing. Yeah. No, they're, they're, the corporate media is spinning it, justifying it, just like they did with Antifa. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, if, if, if violent fascism is required to hold on to power, then the Democrats will commit it. Uh, so... What do you do? You know, you move to Texas Hill Country. (laughs) 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 They're doing that. But, you know, get your family out of Democrat-run cities. uh, uh, Defend yourself. Learn how to use uh, armaments to defend yourself. uh, And vote. But not only vote, volunteer. It's one thing that, you know, it's great to go vote and remember to go vote. But volunteer. Pass out brochures. You know, stuff envelopes. uh, Do whatever is necessary to get candidates that you believe in elect it don't live in fear that's the main thing remember trust in the lord with all your heart lean not into your own understanding acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path so don't live in fear jesus said you know do not worry do not be concerned Um, so you enjoy your life uh, and nothing makes democrats happier than a happy trump voter said john nolte on breitbart and i Mm -hmm. thought that was pretty good 918 Hill Country Patriot time. And we've got several things going on again. Again, a lot of things going on that I want to tell you about. Uh, I promised to uh, tell you about a movie, and I'll, that's coming up in a minute. Uh, Fredericksburg's German Heritage is going on. And let's see what I got. Yeah, it's uh, the 42nd Oktoberfest, and it's going on. Well, by several days. It ends <laughs> tomorrow. Well, no, it's it started oh. September oh. 30. Oh. But it's uh, Oompa at its best. So celebrate Fredericksburg German heritage with food and drink, waltzing, a yodeling contest. Allison will be entering the yodeling contest. <laughs> yeah, right. Music, music on all four stages, um, artisans, souvenirs, and more. And that'll be in the Fredericksburg Marketplace today and tomorrow. Today it starts uh, in a few minutes, uh, about 20, uh, 40 minutes from now. Um, and it's, uh, from 10 a.m. to midnight, 
tomorrow, Sunday, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's only 10 bucks for adults. Kids uh, ages 7 to 12 is a dollar. And kids 6 and under are free. So they're giving away kids 6 and under. Uh, 42nd October Fest is, com- is coming up. So uh, is, is going on now, I should say. And there's a fall market today from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at St. Joseph's Hall in Fredericksburg. That's 212 West San Antonio Street. There's free admission there. Uh, donations at the door benefit the Great Center of Fredericksburg. Uh, there'll be handmade items, jewelry, pampered chef, Norwex, but kids' clothing, art, and more. So that's 212 West San Antonio Street today from 9 to 4, the fall market benefiting the Grace Center of Fredericksburg. Something good to know, as Harley would say. Something good to know. It is. 9.20 is our Hill Country Patriot time. And we are looking at a break. I'm going to come back. Alice and I are going to come back and tell you about this new movie, which you've really got to see. And also, we're going to tell you what starts today in Texas Hill Country. Down to the sea, you become such a habit with me, America, America. Well, I come from down round Tennessee, but the people in California are nice to me, America. It don't matter where I may roam, tell you people that it's home, sweet home, America, America. And my brothers are all black and white, yellow too, and the red man is right to expect a little from you, promise and then follow through. All the men who fell on the plains and who lived through hardship and pain, America, America. And the men who could not fight in a war that didn't seem right, you let them come home, America. We have the great pleasure of talking with January Weesey, who is Executive Director of Texas Hill Country Wineries. January, thanks for coming back on our program. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me back. It's always great to jump on and chat with you. Texas Hill Country Wineries are having a big event. I understand it's all throughout the month of October. Could you tell us about it? Sure, we sure are. October is Texas Wine Month, and it is our favorite month of the year. We celebrate all month with things across the state, but here in the Hill Country, we do the Texas Wine Month Passport event. We have about 45 participating wineries, and it is all month long, and you get to visit these participating wineries, receive complimentary tastings, exclusive discounts, all at a great ticket price for 31 days. And I understand that's quite a bargain. 
It is. So ticket prices, we have a couple's ticket for $120 and then an individual ticket for $85. And that gets you, like I mentioned, complimentary tastings at all participating wineries throughout the month. It is limited to four a day because we are, of course, trying to be responsible. And then you get the 15% discount on three bottle purchases at each winery. So it's a really great deal because if you were going to go tasting at each of these wineries individually and just pay the average tasting fee of $15 a person, that's making the value of this passport over $750 alone. So for $120 a couple or $85 for an individual, you're really saving that money in the first day or two. Well, that's absolutely true, and Allison and I have been on a number of uh, the Texas wine trail. Uh, uh, you have several during the year. I can testify it's it's a great opportunity to get to know some wineries that you may not be familiar with uh, and wines that you may not be familiar with or to go back uh, to, to wineries that you particularly liked. Uh, it's just yeah. it's a great time. It is, and you know, we've talked about this before, kind of the the slower pace and how you get to visit the wineries and meet, you know, often meet winemakers or owners and whatnot. And I, I, but one of the other things with limiting it to four is that we've noticed that people are taking their time. They're slowing down and they're t- taking more time at each individual winery and really, you know, getting a better experience there versus when it used to be open and you could visit as many a day, then you're just rushing through and you're not really enjoying what each individual winery has to offer. Well, that's very true. And it, also there's the social aspect. We've, we've made friends uh, doing this, just people who were there at the same time we were and start to talking mm-hmm. with people and uh, you become friends because at least you have one thing in common, you like Texas wines. Yes, yes, <laughs> we love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Oh, I think it's important to say, too, this is not where you get on a bus or a limo and driven to a winery and then told, okay, folks, you got 10 minutes and then you got to leave. It's, it's, it's all on your own, your own pace, which I like. Exactly, yes. It is a self-guided tour, and so you take your car or you can book with a limo or a tour company or something like that, but you set the schedule so that you're not rushed through, take as long or as little as you want at each winery, visit the wineries you want, you want, you're not set to what they have. October is Texas Wine Month. This is the wine trail going to be uh, all through the month of October. And how do people sign up for this? Yeah, so visit our website, texaswinetrail.com. And right there on the homepage, there is an ad that will take you to the tickets, or you can just jump right up on top and click Passport Tickets, and it'll take you right there. January Weesey, Executive Director of Texas Hill Country Wineries. And again, the website is texaswinetrail.com. January, thank you so much for being part of the Bill and Allison Show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was a nice interview with January. Well, I was happy to have her on and uh, support the Texas wine industry. Yeah, and for the entire month of October. A lot of people don't know that Texas Hill Country, the Texas Wine Trail, Texas Hill Country, is the second most visited wine tourism destination in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's Napa is number one. Uh, Texas Hill Country is number two. Sonoma is number three. So we beat out Sonoma in that. And t- tell them what we learned about where the very first winery in the United States. 
Oh, that's a good point. We just learned that. Just learned that. Um, on our trip. On our trip. Uh, we went to a, a wine tasting, which was part of my high school reunion. And uh, Sommelier was uh, giving the instructions and telling you what to look for in the wine and all that. And she said, I have a question for you. She said, what state had the first commercial winery in the United States? What state had it? And we got, Alice and I guessed Virginia. That would make a whole lot of sense because we know that Thomas well, Jefferson. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson had, had a winery. Um, well, he had a, he had a vineyard. Okay. Right. He didn't have a winery. That's the that was the uh, distinction. Okay. okay. So she asked, "Where was the first commercial winery? What state?" So we said Virginia, but that was wrong. Somebody else said Massachusetts or some ridiculous thing. But I don't know. If there's any there's probably wine in Massachusetts, but I don't know about that. Uh, unbelievably, it's Missouri. Missouri had the first commercial winery in the United States, and the reason I'm told is that they had a lot of Germans who migrated to Missouri, and they wanted to make their wine, and uh, so they did. And there are a lot of French that also, St. Louis, that was named for, mm, okay. you know. So a lot of French and Germans, and they set up their winery, and they had the first commercial winery. And we were at a winery in... Uh, Hannibal, Missouri. Hannibal, Missouri, near Mark Twain's Cave. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, I expected the wine in Missouri to be fruit wines, you know, and which are okay in moderation. But no, they were not. They were... You know, Chardonnay and Cabernet. Uh, what other thing? Uh, they, they were mostly grapes that we were not familiar with. That's but, true. But they, were, but they were quite good. Yeah, they were. They were. All right. Nine thirty-two. Hill Country Patriot time. I promise to tell you about a movie that you should see. It's called My Son Hunter, and it's a fact-based dramatization of the life of Hunter Biden. You probably don't want to take your kids to this one. <laughs> no. Um, true accounts of uh, Biden and, and his, his father, Joe. Um, for example, it brings out, and it's professionally done uh, with, with well-known Hollywood actors, uh, with uh, very, very uh, well-funded movie. Hunter, one of the things that the movie brings out, you can go to mysonhunter.com and watch it, by the way. God, uh, I, I saw a trailer for it, and I thought it was a joke. I couldn't believe why? it was real. Why? I, I I, mean, it's so crazy that I, I could not believe that a movie had been made about Hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. He took a salary. Hunter Biden took a salary of $1 million per year. And, boy, what did he do full-time? No, no. He occupied, well, he was on the board of directors of a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. He's born board of directors. That means he goes to a meeting once or twice a year. I don't know. Uh, but that's about it. A million dollars a year because he was the son of the vice president at the time, Joe Biden, um, to sit on its board. Uh, how do we know that? Because of the so-called laptop from hell. This drug, <laughs> drug addict uh, son of Joe Biden's left his laptop, as m most people know, uh, in a repair shop and never picked it up. And there's all sorts of stuff on it that is just absolutely shocking. So he had no knowledge or experience in the Eastern European energy industry, yet they paid him a million dollars a year, of course, and you know why they paid him. Uh, and uh, anyway, the film is called My Son Hunter, and you can it's available right now for streaming and downloading even. Is there a charge for it? At mysonhunter.com. 
mysonhunter.com. So go check that out. Okay. Okay. Well, this this is something that just happened recently. Um, Bill, Bill got a notice uh, at Facebook. This post goes against our community standards. And our company has a Facebook page for our um, people who are in, in our business. And uh, yeah, this is, this is not a full-time gig for us. It doesn't supply <laughs> all the grocery bills and utility bills and uh, Allison's uh, vast expenses. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She, she shops at the, uh, she's very proud that she shops at Walmart and Dollar General. I, I am trying to encourage her to be a little more thrifty and, and shop <laughs> at the dumpster behind Walmart and Dollar General. Go, anyway, go ahead. What you got? Uh, anyway, so, so a post that, that Bill put on our own Facebook page um, got this notice that the post goes against our f- community standards. Um, we have these standards to re- prevent things like false advertising and security breaches. If your content goes against our community standards again, you will be restricted or disabled. And I'll tell you what the post was, that, that they were threatening to remove Bill from Facebook for. You know, you, those of you who listen to us on a regular basis, especially those of you in Kerrville, um, are familiar with Echo Hill um, Ranch uh, has a camp for Gold Star kids of gold star families and those are uh, gold star families are ones who have lost uh, a family member uh, due to war and uh, echo hill is totally free first responders as well and first responders and uh, it's a charitable uh, organization echo hill ranch echo hill.org and the, the camp is totally free for the kids. They pay absolutely nothing. Even transportation is included to and from the camp. Yeah. It's all supported by donations. Mm-hmm. And everybody at the camp uh, is a volunteer. And and what Bill posted was talking about the camp. Yeah. And, and encouraging people. Encouraging people to contribute to it and explaining mm-hmm. what it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, here are these kids who've lost a parent, um, either in the military or as first responders, Probably have never met another child in that situation. Mm-hmm. But here they're with a whole bunch of other children all in that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure lifelong friends are, are created there, but it's a marvelous thing. Mm-hmm. And here Facebook removed it mm-hmm. and told me if I posted it again, they would um, ban me from Facebook. Mm-hmm. I've already been, been banned from LinkedIn mm-hmm. with no warning at all. At least Facebook gave me a warning. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Facebook, because because of, a, because of a charity that helps children of Gold Star families Mm -hmm. that's facebook for you yeah that's facebook for you i wish we didn't have to be on facebook but the only reason we're on face i'm not neither allison or i you know chat on facebook or have facebook friends or anything we don't do that kind of stuff i had to create an account for our to have a business page for facebook and that helps our business so that's that's why i did it but other than that i don't i'm you know i'm not i'm not on facebook i don't post stuff other than occasional things like for echo hill or Something like that. You mean you don't post what you had for dinner last night? I did not post what we had for dinner. I don't even remember what I... Oh, no, I do. Barbecue. It was very... We were, it was we were at barbecue. That, that uh, um, fighter pilot reunion. Yeah, that fighter pilot it was, reunion. It was a and, ranch uh, outside of San Antonio. It was barbecue and it was excellent. And 
we met and had uh, a nice chat with the number one ace uh, pilot, uh, fighter pilot, fighter pilot from the Vietnam War, and uh, he was uh, very gracious, and it was an honor to meet him, have his picture taken with us, and he and his wife, and uh, we just had a nice time. But, uh, 9.38, Hill Country Patriot time. We were in Illinois over the last uh, week or so, and learned something very interesting in Illinois. As of next year, Illinois is throwing its hands in the air and will no longer be requiring bail for a series of crimes. Okay? Now, that means that if you're arrested for any of these crimes, you are released without bail and told, well, come, you know, please come back to court. Okay, here are the crimes. You think, okay, littering or something. Or, no, no, no. Here are the list of the crimes where if you're arrested, you'll be immediately released. Not you, but most of our listeners aren't going to be doing these things. <laughs> but if a person is arrested for these crimes, they'll be immediately released. Aggravated battery, aggravated DUI, arson, burglary, drug-induced homicide. So if you, you, are, you say, Your Honor, I was on drugs when I killed that, murdered that person, the, uh, the judge will say, okay, I'll come back, uh, you come back in a month and uh, we'll have a trial. Kidnapping. Robbery. Second degree murder. You're let out. Threatening a public official, nearly all drug offenses. People accused of violent crimes, such as arson, battery, kidnapping, and murder, can leave and maybe come back later for their trial. Uh, a sheriff in uh, Illinois says this is just an outrage. He said this will pretty much destroy law and order in Illinois. On January 1st of next year, anyone who is currently awaiting trial in the state of Illinois for one of those crimes will be released. They're in, if they're in jail on January 1, they'll be released pretty please come back for your trial. Uh, the sheriff said, uh, one Illinois sheriff said, quote, the gates are open and these criminals are going to be let out into the streets. We're going to, and this is the sheriff talking, we're going to end up calling someone and saying, can we arrest them? He says, just because of liability, if you take someone into custody and it doesn't meet all the criteria, then you can get in trouble, the sheriff and the, and the police. This is, uh, this is what's going on in Illinois. So uh, don't forget to vote for Greg Abbott if you uh, don't want uh, don't want this happening in Texas because that crazy idiot Beto is within striking distance of Abbott. Believe it or not, I can't believe that. Well, that's true. But I've also read in the past couple of weeks that polls um, this election season are probably not accurate because um, MAGA Republicans are being threatened by Democrats, being egged on by, by Joe Biden and that speech that he gave, and as, as you said, in front of the gates of hell, uh, that Republicans or people who are going to be voting for Republicans um, don't want to admit it. So a, a prominent pollster has said that they're getting people who either don't respond to polls or they're lying. And, and won't admit that they're going to be voting for Republicans. Mm. So, so yes, it does look like Beto is in striking distance, but it may not be true. Well, let's hope. Let's yeah. hope. Yeah, 
you know, uh, Democrats are very angry. I mean, that, that speech by Joe Biden where he's standing in front of the gates of hell, ranting and raving and his fists wailing in the air like a modern-day Hitler. Uh, that just exposes how Democrats are so angry. You know, I don't, I don't think Democrats have been this angry since Republicans freed their slaves. <laughs> and and that, that is true. That's not a joke. A, a lot of people probably don't know that. You want to explain it? <laughs> no. Well, I'll, I'll let you explain it. Well, Republic. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was the it, Democrats it, yeah, who had was, slavery. It was Democrats who who had slaves who supported slavery. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the Democrats who had the slaves. Um, okay, let's, let's talk about slavery for a moment. We're taught in school. Oh, you know there was slavery and the Confederacy and the South, and they're the ones who had slavery. And the North was pure and the driven snow and wonderful. And Abraham Lincoln is wonderful. Well, if you research that a little bit and think about it, just think about this. Who profited from slavery? Okay. When, how did slavery work? Well, a ship went from here to Africa. Where did that ship, what port did that ship come out of? What ports? In the north. Who owned the ships? Who built the ships? Northern financiers, northern businessmen. And who sold the slaves? Well, I'm about to get to that. Okay. I'm about to get to that. Um, who who paid the crew? Northern businessmen. Uh, they went to Africa, and they either kidnapped people, outright kidnapped, separating families, and the other way they got slaves is they paid the tribal chiefs. Yeah, the, 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 tri- the tribal chiefs. Sold their, sold their people. Sold in, their people. Into slavery. So the tribal chiefs sold their people into slavery to whom? The northerners on the ships, the ships owned by the north. And where did, where did, uh, you know, who paid them? Where did the money come from to, to buy the slaves? Northern financiers. Mm-hmm. Then the sl- slaves were taken back in these northern boats to the south. And there were auctions. And they auctioned off the slaves and people bid on the, uh, the, the slaves. Okay. Who got the money? Northern financiers. Mm-hmm. Now, why would they do this? Why would they want slavery? Well, it's cheap labor. Well, for the South, it was cheap. Yeah, you know, it was cheap labor. I'm not defending slavery. It's a horrible thing. But let's be fair when we judge it in the light of history. Uh, there's, no, there's no innocent parties here. So the North is not wonderful and good and the south is not all bad what happened was that the cotton that was grown in the south was picked by largely by slaves which was a bad thing shouldn't have slavery obviously but it was picked by slaves why did they want to grow cotton in the south because there was a big demand for it by cotton mills where were the cotton mills located in in the north Mm-hmm. Who owned the cotton mills? Northern financiers. Who bought the cotton from southern plantation owners? Northern financiers. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't paid for the slave ships, paid for the uh, the employees or the, the sailors, uh, paid the chieftains for the slaves, if they hadn't uh, sold the slaves in the south, if they hadn't bought the cotton from the South, slavery would not have existed. There'd be no economic reason for it to exist. So 
yes, slavery is horrible, and we should never have had it. Uh, but let's be let's be balanced and fair about it when we uh, when we talk about it when we think about it. So that's my little editorial for today. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Saturday, October one at nine forty six in the morning with Bill and Allison. And this is the state song of Texas. And coming up after the break. I'm going to read some hilarious one-star reviews of some of our state's most iconic tourist destinations. you're wonderful and great, boldest and grandest, withstanding every test. Oh, empire-wide and glorious, you stand supremely blessed. Texas, oh Texas, your freeborn single star. Sends out its radiance to nations near and far. Emblem of freedom, it sets our hearts aglow with thoughts of San Jacinto and glorious Alamo. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong, that you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, 104.3 and 102.1. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. I would have some hilarious one-star reviews of Texas um, um, but the uh, this past week. Um, San Antonio Express News reported what what they had found going through Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor reviews, and th- they were they were just looking at the one star reviews, and uh, um, what what they found was, um, okay, the Alamo. For those of us not from Texas, your time would be better spent hunting down the place with the best margaritas. It was a great visit, but it's kind of a downer since it's all about death. San Antonio's Riverwalk just got back from the dirtiest, worst-smelling bog in the country. Even New Orleans isn't that bad. Hard to believe that people say that about Riverwalk. Well, I, actually, I was reading an article just yesterday in the paper, and it talked about the it it did talk about the smell, and they said it's not from the river itself, but it's from like bird droppings and mm. algae and. And stuff like that that makes its way into and around the water. So it's not. Well, that does <laughs> does remind me of, if I can put an aside, a few years ago, and I don't remember the particulars how this exactly happened, but a bus, like a Greyhound bus or something, was going was stopped in traffic and uh, on a bridge over the Riverwalk, and somehow, and I don't remember what the the whole story was, but somehow, the contents of the bathroom the tank <laughs> was ejected into the river onto a sightseeing boat oh, that's right. I, remember remember that. That. I remember that that was a few years i don't ago. remember the details but my lord well 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 and apparently the the uh 
Are you talking about smells on Riverwalk? That's yes. Right. Well, well, the levels of E. coli in in the river itself are extremely high. Oh, so don't drink the water. And don't swim in it. It's illegal to even touch the water. Ooh. Okay. Well, okay, let, let me get back to some of these one-star reviews. Big Bend National Park. It rained on me in the friggin' desert. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? The lizards were not friendly. Too many rocks. What? What? Who are these people? <laughs> these are obviously out-of-staters. Okay. Out of minders. Oh. <laughs> Enchanted Rock, which is, is quite close to us, which we have climbed up. I honestly had to go back and read about why Enchanted Rock was so enchanting. Enchanting. It's a round rock. <laughs> <laughs> that is that. There is nothing enchanting about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually that goes back to the Indian times. The Indians regarded it as a sacred, sacred spot. So that that's where Enchanted Rock oh, okay. name I, comes I, from. I didn't remember that. I I, yeah. I mean, we have been there. Like I said, we climbed up it. Uh, okay, the sixth floor museum in Dallas. And do you want to explain what that is, Bill? Yeah, that's where uh, um, it is believed that Lee Harvey Oswald uh, stationed himself when he assassinated President John F. Kennedy. He hid behind some boxes and took his rifle and stuck it out the open window and, and killed John F. Kennedy. That's what they say, but we won't go into that whole subject. <laughs> but that's that's what the Sixth Floor Museum is. Uh, they have a museum to Kennedy's life, and uh, that's where Lee Harvey Oswald was, supposedly. Okay, well, this is one of the one-star reviews. I was snoozing, unless you're a Kennedy fanatic or history buff or into assassinations, this was an expensive waste of time. Wow. <laughs> Hard to believe somebody is that. Are you gonna? Is that quote about history gonna be in there? That one that no, we've no. been discussing. No, okay. I thought it was just really stupid, so I didn't. I didn't include it. Well, yeah. Somebody said, "Who cares about history?" Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, but we shouldn't learn about George Washington. Who, who cares? cares? Yeah, who cares about what these guys did? They're they're all long dead, so who cares? You know that is that is exposing your ignorance to the extreme. Why don't you shout to everybody? I can, I'm a complete idiot. Uh, it's it's uh, engraved in stone on the National Archives in Washington, D.C., in the entrance. Those who ignore the lessons of history are destined to repeat them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me go on with these yeah. uh, one-star reviews. Fort Worth Stockyards. Sad. Brochure made it look like a stampede. People lined up and down the street for about seven steer to slowly walk through the street with handlers. A bit overrated. Drunks and cowboy hooch wannabes. I guess if you like cattle and gift shops, this is a cool place. <laughs> I like neither of those things. Okay, Cadillac Ranch, which we we outside we, of Amarillo, we we have seen. We we didn't purpose. It, it just happened to be on Stanley. Way, st- way. Yeah, Stanley March the fourth, I think. March Stanley March put it up there. Very eccentric guy in Amarillo really weird guy but he decided to bury these cadillacs halfway in the ground and uh, they become a famous tourist attraction of amarillo and, and this person said i drove two and a half hours from lubbock just to see spray painted cars halfway stuck in the ground that's what they are people will come along and put graffiti all over them and uh, that's what they are mm-hmm. Cadillac Ranch. and uh, about our texas state capitol no Ann Richards or Rick Perry shot glasses in the gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> that's what See, they were looking darn. for. All right. But they had a George W. Bush book, so I guess that's good. Yeah. This person says, ugliest state capital 
in the world in the in the country. Oh, give and me I a think break. that's I think that's it's one of the prettiest state capitals in the country. Do you know the dome is higher than the capital in Washington D.C., the United States Capitol? Slightly, but um, slightly knew that. Or? At, 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 well, actually, where we just came from does have the most beautiful state capital yeah, I, that I've and, seen, and that's in that's in Des Moines, Iowa. Absolutely, it's gold leaf in the dome. We thought it was a basilica the first time we saw. It. We really mm-hmm. did. Yeah, you can see it from from the interstate. Yeah. Well, I've got some uh, brief announcements about things going on. If you're done with that, I don't mm-hmm. know if you are or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget uh, Billy Jean's restaurant in Kerrville today, and Street Dreams on State Highway 16 South. In Fredericksburg for cars and coffee. Uh, there'll be antiques, sports cars, stuff. So uh, hang out with car people. That'll be until 11 o'clock today. Uh, Kerr County 4, 4-H Wild Game Dinner is tonight at the Youth Event Center in Kerrville. 5.30 p.m. doors open, 6.30 p.m. dinner. So support the 4-H there. Uh, Fredericksburg German Heritage will be uh, today from 9 to 4 uh, at... Uh, Market Plots. It's the uh, 42nd October Fest. I'm sorry, it's 10 a.m. to midnight. Uh, so don't forget that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. <laughs>